Hi, welcome to Life and Application. I'm your host, Jay Huey, and this is my co-host, Jason Bierke. Um, each week, we're, I'm asking Jason a couple questions or a main theme about um, how do we apply different things in the Bible. Just so you all know, I come from a background, um, very religious, grew up in a Christian school and a Christian family and a Christian church. So tonight's topic for me is one that will, we're, is going to need two sides. Um, one for people who are new to Christianity and one for people who have been Christians for a long time. And that's um, passion for reading the Bible. Hmm. Now, I grew up reading the King James Version. Um, and we were told what to read and when to read it and whatnot. But I'd have to say until probably last year was the first time I ever started reading the Bible because I wanted to read the Bible. And I learned more in the last year and this year going through it the second time on my own will, I guess you could say. Um, I've learned more things that I breezed over. So I want to know if you could explain a little bit about how, how do we tell a new Christian to read the Bible or have passion for reading the Bible? Or is the passion going to come from the Holy Spirit? Or how does that work? Yeah, Jay, that's a, a really good question. And the thing that I want you to remember when you ask, you know, when, you, when you're saying that, you know, passion for reading the Bible, it, you have to take the position that the Bible has the answers for all of your problems. So it'll answer all your questions, the things that you need. It's going to show you that. And once you take that spot, wanting to read it starts to increase. The, um, the other thing is, is that, you know, once you start reading it, the more you read it and the more you study, your passion will just naturally increase. Right, and I can understand that, but I mean, let's be realistic. If you were, were a baby Christian or, or new to the faith or maybe not a Christian at all and you just started reading from Genesis, you, you're going to quickly get to a point, you know, Leviticus, Numbers, where you're like, whoa, I'm bored out of my mind and I'm putting this book down. I mean, when you start, I mean, some of those chapters are, when they're talking about, you know, the ark and the temple and the measurements and all that. I mean, that's... gets pretty monotonous. Yeah, that's some hard reading. Yeah, it reminds me, um, my kids were reading through the, the first five books of the Bible, and, you know, Elise had said to... Um, my, my youngest, Elise, said to my oldest son, Ethan, she said, she goes, you know what, I'm, I'm a few chapters into Leviticus, and it's not boring yet. And my oldest, Ethan, said, just wait, it will be. And... It's true. It, it gets rough. So really, you know, there's, you got to take a strategic approach, right? So I always tell people, you know, start with the book of John in the New Testament. Or, you know, start with uh, a book that, that's easier to read, you know, Galatians or Philippians, James. Any one of those New Testament books is easy to read. And I always tell people to, to pick a translation that's easy for you to read. And one of the ones that um, I really like, my family likes, is the New Living Translation. And it puts things, excuse me, into a more um, understandable context. All right, since you brought that up, I got a, I got a question. Because I, I grew up very strict Baptist. Where okay. There's only one version of the Bible, and that's the King James Version. Right. And, um, 
you know, like uh, I really enjoyed reading from the NLT, um, especially like I'm going to use the book of Job. You read Job in the NLT, you can understand it. You read Job in the King James Version, it's just it's it's a much harder read. So, what is the is there a biblical difference between these translations? Like, I mean, is is there one better than the other, or is one bad, or one not good? Or I know we kind of yeah get away from the topic at hand, but well, it depends on what you're trying to do. And so there's two types of translations. There's a word-for-word translation, which is where they take uh, the original Hebrew and Aramaic from the Old Testament, the original Greek from the New Testament, and they translate every word. Then there's the dynamic translation, and that's more of a thought-based or a concept-based translation. And so it's not a direct translation. It is a... um, kind of like a dynamic e- equivalent translation. So we would even do that, you know, in, in English when we, you know, say something in English, it doesn't translate at all into Spanish because it, there's no direct translation for that. So they pick something that they would understand and would make sense in the Spanish language and they do that type of translation. So if you're trying to, you know, read through the Bible and get a good understanding of it, I would say do a dynamic translation. Um, if you're doing an in-depth study of the Bible, I would read it in, the, in uh, a dynamic translation, but do the big study in a word-for-word translation. Okay. So I guess going back to our topic on okay. hand about um, having a passion to, to read the Bible or to understand the Bible, I think, um, and, and I'm only speaking for myself when I say these things, but I, I know after talking with a lot of friends that grew up the same way I do, it's, it's pretty much the same thing, is that um, reading the Bible was more of a regiment. You know, like uh, you read this for Bible quizzing or you read this because it's what the, the preachers preach on the night. But um, how do we as Christians get a passion? Like, how, I guess not how do we get a passion, but how do we start reading the Bible so that the Holy Spirit gives us that passion. Like how, how do we apply that, you know, like to move forward to, to want to learn more? Like, I, I mean, I'm reading stories that I've, I've heard of, you know, a hundred times, but I never paid attention because they were just the stories that you class over. And then now you read them, you know, and you get a lot more out of it. So what do you say to those people? Like, how do you do that? Well, I would tell them that the Lord rewards those who diligently seek him. By wanting to read the Bible, you're diligently seeking God. Praying before you read that God will help you understand things and will enlighten your mind as you are reading through Scripture. God will honor that. And really the, the thing just is, you know, as you read through Scripture, you know, especially if you can do it in the morning, when you get to work, I guarantee you that there will be an instance that happens at work that'll remind you of something that you read in scripture. And when you see that real life application, you know, of maybe a way that you can treat people or, you know, the way that we're supposed to respond in certain situations. And then that situation actually happens at work. You know exactly how to respond and be because you have read that. And that kind of builds a desire to keep reading. You know, it's uh, very ironic that you say that. So um, when I started, um, I remember calling you up and asking you, and um, 
the last year I used the NIV for my first time through, and now I'm reading the NLT this year. But um, the Bible app, the most common Bible app, right? You know, right. the App Store, Google Store. Um, I downloaded it, and then on my way into work, I would just play it. Yeah. And, and, and it worked out really good because um, they have a lot of, you know, devotional stuff. And that's what I found really good was um, it was a Bible in a year with devotions. Mm-hmm. So it, it would give a little devotion. But going on what you just said is that I would find myself, by the time I got to work, whatever devotion, I know it's the power of the Holy Spirit, but something would resonate with that during the day and I'd be able to actually apply what I just learned. And for me, it was a good transition from um, like like an easy way into reading the Bible more. And then I found myself yearning because, you know, you, you get to work, so you stop and you're like, ah, what did David do right. next? <laughs> right. Especially when you're reading about the kings, you know, in, in the Old Testament, you know, some of that's very interesting. Yeah, you know, something that, that, that's interesting is that, you know, in 2016, you know, I spent some time in the hospital and I had, I was in ICU for seven days and not only could I not eat anything. It was very scary too, by the way. Yeah. Well, I couldn't drink anything either. No water, no food for seven days. Then on day eight, they said, what do you want to eat? Well, you would, you would think after eight days of not eating that I would be starved. I was moderately hungry, but I just wasn't that hungry, but I knew I needed to eat something. So I ordered something that I knew I would like, and then, you know, I ate probably half of it. But I had to make myself eat. And then the more that I kept eating, you know, after I got out of the hospital, my appetite returned, and then I started eating bigger and bigger meals. Same thing with reading the Bible. When you wake up, you may not feel like reading it. You may not even have much of a desire to read it, but you have to make yourself do it. And then once you start doing it, your desire will continue to grow because God will bring, he'll, he'll illuminate things in his word that you'll read and you're like, this is awesome. And you're like, I want to know what's going to happen next. So you just keep reading and you keep reading and you're like, this is what happened at work and this applies here. And, you know, reading about, you know, I was reading the Old Testament and talking about God is mad at the Israelites because they mistreat the foreigners that are in their land. They you know, they oppress them and they don't give them good food and they don't give them, you know, clothes to wear and they don't help them out any. And I'm thinking, wow, that applies really well in our situation today. I think one of the things that everyone needs is that go-to person to, to run stuff by, to ask questions, um, to really know, you know, that, to have that, that guidance. And for me, I'm very fortunate that it's you, um, cousin, someone I grew up with, I call as a brother. But I know when I call and ask you, you'll give me the honest answer. It's something that I don't always want to hear, but I have that person. I advise everyone, if you can, you, you have to find that person to, to help guide you, to help you grow in your Christian walk. And it has to be someone you're comfortable talking with. So I know who mine is. Who's yours? So for me, it's, it's my dad. And, you know, I, I trust what he says. You know, he's spent a lot of time studying the scriptures. You know, he's gone to school for that. He's also very well knowledgeable in a lot of other fields and in addition to the Bible. So, you know, I also, you know, have confidence. And if I go to him that he's going to give me, you know, what, what the Bible says and he's going to give me an, an honest answer. 
I, I think one of the problems that we have as Christians is, is that we have a hard time accepting God's truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, and I've mentioned before, my, my epiphany, or however you say that correctly, um, was when I called you up and you asked me, and you didn't even know you were asking me, but you asked me about my fruit, mm-hmm. you know, on my tree. But I, I guess the, the benefit I get from you is that I know I'm going to get an honest, godly answer, and, and I accept that. But I know I really struggle with accepting the truth from other people. And I think as Christians, that really hurts our passion, especially when it comes to the Bible, because sometimes the answer is a stark truth of the sin that you're committing. And so we put the Bible on a back burner. We don't have that passion because by having that passion, it's going to point to our sin. So I guess if you could expound a little bit on that. Yeah, so, you know, there's there's a couple things here. So one of them is when we read the Bible, we need to take the position that what it says is God's word. You know, what the Bible says is what God says. And the Bible says that God's word is truth. The Bible says that the truth will set you free. And so we need to take the position that even if we don't like it, we're going to follow it. If we claim to be followers of Christ, then we need to follow you know, what the Bible teaches. We need to follow what Christ tells us to do. And the important thing we need to remember is that the Bible tells us to study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman or someone who studies the Bible that doesn't need to be ashamed because they know how to handle the word of truth. And so to handle the word of truth means that we know how to apply it to our lives. So if the Bible tells us that something that we're doing is wrong, we are should be compelled to, to follow that and to do that, even if it's difficult. Right. I, I guess what I want you to expound on, though, is I believe one of the things plaguing... Christians today, especially with us talking to new Christians, is that we can't take the truth, our own truth. And I think it really hurts us reading the Bible or diving in deeper because it it really um, exposes our own faults. Like I, I found myself, and we talked about it, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were out by the cars, was, you know, with forgiveness for me, um, it was because I wasn't forgiving. I was waiting for someone else to say sorry, but you know I needed to forgive them first. And since then, it's been great. But you know, I I want you to expound on how we as Christians are supposed to, because I really think that's what's hurting our passion for the Bible is that we don't take the truth, like we 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 hide from the truth because no one likes their sins pointed out. Yeah, you know. No one likes their sins pointed out, and no one likes what they do to be called a sin. You know, and so we use different words like a mistake or a bad choice. You know, and I always tell people a bad choice is going to, you know, a seafood restaurant and ordering chicken, right? That's a bad choice, right? Uh, Robbing a bank is not a bad choice. That's a sin, right? And so, you know, we need to, you know, be willing to say, okay, so... The Bible's exposing what I'm doing wrong. That's a sin. I need to be willing to say, I'm going to make this change. Because the whole point of the Bible, right, is that it is to light our path, right? It's, it says, you know, in Psalm you know, 119, right, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So if it's going to light our path so that we don't stumble, right, number one, we have to be reading the Bible. And number two, 
right? We have to be applying the Bible to our lives, even if it's difficult. And the tough thing is, is that we are not good at truth and love. You know, we either give all truth and no love, which is legalism, or we give all love and no truth, which is liberalism. Everything you do is fine, right? Legalism is everything you do is wrong. And so there's a balance between that. There's no forgiveness without repentance. And so if we're going to grow in our Christian life, we have to be willing to say, okay, well, the Bible says that this is wrong. I need to be willing to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to try not to do this anymore. God's going to have to help me because I'm really bad at it. And, and then keep going forward with that. All right. And since I brought this up, I mean, I know it's a little bit off topic, so, but this is definitely something that um, a future podcast will cover in, in depth because I, I really believe that this is um, one of the main things that's hurting uh, the Christian faith right now. But I want to go back to just reiterate what we talked about earlier. And I think one of the problems that we have for for having passion, whether it be reading the Bible or sitting through a church service, is that we we have to do some inner soul, um, searching. soul searching. That that maybe the reason why we don't have that passion is because we don't want to be called out, even though reading your Bible is in private. You're still calling yourself out. The Holy Spirit is still going to be working on you. So um, I really think if we we sit there, we can. And be honest with ourselves and be honest with each other. We can, you know, the, the passion for reading the, the Bible will come forward. And I, I think if you ask someone, do they have a passion to read the Bible? And if they say no, the next question you should ask is, how often do you read the Bible? Because I would guarantee you that those that don't read the Bible don't have a passion to, for it. And those that are reading it, they do have a passion for it because God's going to continue to give you that passion. So it's really on our. It's really up to us to take that first step and to open up the Bible and to just start reading it. And like I said earlier, I, everyone needs to go out there and get a mentor, whether it be your pastor, whether it be a, a fellow uh, Christian in your church, just someone that you can rely on and and ask and and try to be there for somebody else. There's always there's someone on every step. You know, there's. You might not think you know much, but you, you might know just what that other person needs to hear. So, I mean, be willing to listen yeah. and, and teach. And uh, Jason, I really appreciate this talk. Okay. Um, and I look forward to our next one. All right, sounds good.